Again, you're listening to Project Boredom. Uh, we have, of course, me, the host, Nick, and we have the drunk uncle, Jordan. How are you doing, buddy? I'm drunk. Let's do this. That's Drunkle Jordan, by the way. Drunkle Jordan. I'm sorry. So, uh, quick recap. Um, you know, we decided um, against the Big 12 and Sunbelt uh, team rankings that go over the schedules and everything like that. Uh, just because I re- honestly, I refuse to do it, and I wasn't <laughs> going to do a show with you. I'm not going to have a hour long show about the Sun Belt and Conference USA. I, I said no. No, absolutely. So you know, incoming decisions with that. Um, we'll talk a little bit about you know the scene of the college football uh, issues right now, and then um, we're going to go ahead and transition to the NFL and talk about some NFC football today, and then on Sunday. Uh, we'll have the AFC. Um, so, Jordan, uh, so it's, again, the Big Ten said absolutely not. And what's strange is um, a lot of athletic directors are coming out and saying that they did not even have a chance to vote. They weren't the ones I, voting against the season. I heard about that and that there was no vote. And then it was just kind of like a collective thing where they're just kind of like, hey, I said no. And everybody was like, yeah, we say no. And then everybody kind of looks around and they're like, you said no, right? And they're like, I, I didn't say no. Did you say no? And everybody's kind of shrugging their shoulders where nobody has any idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's one of the big things that <clears throat> is crazy to me because, you know, who's ever making that decision obviously has, if it's not the athletic director, then I don't know if they have any means as far as a revenue standpoint that they could be missing. I mean, I'm sure they have an idea. Um, oh, there's a well, huge revenue to, to be missed, dude. College football is a billion-dollar industry. They don't give a shit about them kids. They want to make their money. And the fact that the Big Ten come out and say, hey, maybe we can have football, you know, in January, and then have Justin Fields, the uh, incumbent quarterback for Ohio State, leading a petition that got 150,000 signatures in, what, three days? Saying, no, well, we want football. Obviously, the, the, the kids want to play. The universities want to play, but it's that it's that stigma. It's that look. It's that you don't want to be the carrot in the grocery store. You don't want to be the girl that's yelling at the manager. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it's crazy to me because within um, them wanting to play in January, why not play now? I mean, I get it. You're going to get more data and hopefully, you know, with social distancing. You sit back and you see what happens. You, you definitely sit back and you see what happens. That, that's the plan. You sit back and you see what these other conferences, mainly possibly the ACC as of this podcast, the SEC, and the Big 12 can do. Now, Oklahoma, since our last podcast, Oklahoma had 12 players test positive. Uh, there was one school. Oh, God damn. I can't was remember it who it was. UNC or that shitty school Notre Dame? Oh, I, I don't remember, but it was one. It wasn't the football team. It wasn't the athletic department. But once students came on campus, within two weeks, two hundred and twenty students tested positive within a week. And I can't remember what school it was. I, I apologize, but it, it's bad. And Oklahoma, which is one of the big schools that are like her brder brder, we're gonna play. Oklahoma had nine players test positive a week ago. Mm-hmm. So that's why the Big Ten is sitting back and saying, let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, to me, and and I know you're in the medical field and I'm not whatsoever, 
Um, but my only thing is, I get that it's stopping us from doing things, but to me, I just hate that it's preventing our way of life. Um, sure. You know, it's, it's something that we have to do and, and, and to fight the virus. I understand that, but the one thing you is gotta, you gotta suck it up. A, I know, I know, but that just goes to show how Americans are selfish. As, as far as we can't get our shit together, how selfish well, we are as a society. As we, said, as we said many, many times last week, this is not a political podcast, but I think you hit the nail right on the head, Nick, when you said that it just shows how selfish Americans is. This is a isolation issue. This is what can this do for me and not for you? You look at these uh, European countries, you look at these Asian, uh, these Western countries, and they have a – well, I – I wear a mask to protect you, but in America, it's been, I wear a mask to protect myself. And that's the issue. Mm -hmm. You're not wearing a mask necessarily to protect yourself. You're doing it to protect somebody else. And that's Mm -hmm. what every other country except us can grasp onto, but we just can't fucking fathom that. Now, let's please move on before I have an aneurysm. No, you're okay. So... Let's uh let's go ahead and transition into the NFL. Uh, we'll start with the NFC. Um, you know, there's I believe thirty players that opted out for this season. Uh, majority was it thirty? I thought it was higher than that. I know there was eight for the page, eight or nine for the Patriots, and they yeah, had some heavy hitters, some heavy hitters, especially some key players for their defense. You had one of the McCordys. I believe you had uh, everybody Patrick Chung tonight. Went out. 66, uh, so that's that's my fault. Yeah, 66, and I believe the league high was the Patriots with eight yep. or nine. Mm-hmm. And one, yeah, you're talking about defensive stalwarts from the Patriots with Donta Hightower, I believe, uh, everybody Patrick Chung tonight, yep. and one of the McCordys or both of the McCordys. <clears throat> they're tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what oh, they're doing. D- Nobody, nobody believes at a at a rehab camp. Nobody believes in Jared fucking Stidham. Sorry, Auburn fans that have been. <laughs> and by the way, Auburn fans, go back a couple episodes, okay? I had you go with like nine of one, so don't shit on me, Auburn fans. But Jared Stidham is not the answer, okay? No, not at all. So you know, it's definitely going to be a big change of pace um, in the NFL, and I think. That's what was so difficult when you're going through these schedules. And, you know, I think you'll come to find when you look at some of the schedule results that I have. Um, and I don't know what Jordan has, neither does he have mine. It's going to be interesting to see. And I think a lot of it's going to be strange because this is going to be the first time where, you know, a lot of teams don't have key players that maybe take over games. Um, you know, a lot of majority of the um, players that opted out were defensive and offensive linemen. So, oh, yeah, those big trenches. And and of course, they would. I mean, those are the guys most up front. They're the ones that are getting right in the face of literally everybody. They're Mm -hmm. getting in the face of uh, defensive tackles, linebackers, safeties, shit in front of their own linebacker or they're in front of their own running back when they have to do run blocks. That running back's going to be right behind him. And guess who was just in the face of that running back? The quarterback handing the ball off. So, yeah, uh, dude, linemen were like, nah, dude, I'm out. I'm out. And I, I cannot blame them at all. At all, dude. Good for them. 
So I want to talk really quick uh, <clears throat> before we go into the schedules. I want to talk about the draft really quick. Um, you know, we did this. We were doing this anyways. About how, um, coll- how this college football season, especially how this football season with, as of this podcast, two of the five Power Five conferences are not playing this year. So I'm super interested what you have to say. So I'm just talking about the draft in general for last, well, this year that occurred um, to start this football season. Um, the NFC had a really good draft uh, overall. Again, this episode is going to be just NFC only. Um, so I really enjoyed the NFC draft overall. I think the Cowboys, they got the player, the, the steal of the draft uh, when C.D. Lamb fell to them all the way down to 17. Um also, too, the, uh, the Cardinals got a good one in Isaiah Simmons, and he fell drastically, that too. too. Isaiah Simmons can play any position on an NFL defense outside of the defensive line. You put him at inside linebacker, outside linebacker, strong safety, free safety, or corner, and Isaiah Simmons can play that position. He is – dude, that dude's a scary dude. Oh, absolutely. I was excited um, to see the Cardinals actually get him because a uh, little secret time sidebar. Uh, I'm partially like the Ravens are my AFC team. And for the NFC, I like the Cardinals. Um, and the only oh, reason no. why oh, oh, Nick, are you trying to tell me that the Ravens team that you've been a fan of since high school is your pick? The Ravens team that you came into English class when we were seniors in high school, the Joe Flacco jersey, that's your pick? Oh man, it's just like how you had Tennessee going nine and one, Homer. What what are you talking about with the Ravens? I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, guy that had a Joe Flacco jersey in high school. I did. So I still have that, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so the Cardinals. The only reason why I'm a Cardinals fan is because uh, when Nike, uh, when NFL transferred from Reebok to Nike. Um, the first Nike jersey I got was a Kevin Kolb Cardinals jersey from Marshall oh, for twenty dollars. So I was like, when else? When else are you going to get a Nike jersey for twenty dollars? So I mean, you're not then, wrong. Since you're not then, wrong. Uh, the uh, my NFC team that I like to root for, the Cardinals. Um, you want to hear my? You want to hear my jersey breakdown? Just a quick sidebar because we have like an hour, hour and a half to film this podcast. I don't have a Nike NFL jersey, one, because I'm Jewish, which means I'm frugal. So I haven't bought an NFL jersey in years. This Dude, is what I I'm no rocking. you were Jewish. Yes. I so, thought you were Catholic or something. Catholic. If I walked into a Catholic church, I would burn. I would literally self the synagogue? fire. Uh, you going to be all right? Re- religion aside, this is, this is my <laughs> – this is my Miami Dolphins jersey. As a South Florida kid, because you heard me in the last couple of podcasts as a Hurricanes fan, so obviously I'm a Dolphins fan. I got a Dolphins tattoo when I was 17 years old. These are my Dolphins jerseys, okay? I have a Reebok, uh, Dan Marino, Mitchell and Ness throwback jersey. I have a Mitchell and Ness, Bob Greasy throwback jersey. Uh, I have a uh, Reebok Ricky Williams jersey with the numbers faded off of it. I only whip that out for special occasions, like, you know, when I want to, you know, throw some back and, and relax a little bit. 
you know, that one's for the young ears out there because we don't condone any illegal substances depending on what state you're listening this in. But sometimes you have to whip up the Ricky Williams jersey, if you guys know what I mean. Moving on. Are you done there? That's how many jerseys you got? Moving on. Um, no, I have, I have my Joe Flacco Ravens jersey. I have a white Ravens jersey with my last name on it. I have the Cardinals you jersey. You got a custom jersey. Um, I did. Um, as far as – and then I have an Eric Berry jersey, but that's for Tennessee. Um, so, uh, I, to me, I love jerseys, but only if I can get jerseys on sale. I'm, I would never – Ever pay full you got to get those jerseys. China jerseys, Never. bro. You got to get those China jerseys. Well, you know what's better, though, is actually, like, I don't care, and I don't know about you. Um, again, we got an hour to fill, so I think this is a good sidebar here. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't care about having a jersey of a player that's not even on the team anymore. Like, you go to NFL.com, and you can get jerseys of players that don't exist on the team anymore for, like, 30 bucks. Like, I don't care about that. That's that's fine to me if they're like a legend. Like if you go on like NFLshop.com and I can get like a Jason Taylor Miami Dolphins jersey, like from like 09, I'm good with that. But what I don't want is like a like a Endomican Sue who played, you know, for the team for two years, like four years ago. To me, an Endomican Sue jersey just doesn't make sense. For my kind of fandom, for me personally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just more college, so I like rooting for college sure. players. And I get that. Though, so oh, dude, I have dude, I have way more Hurricane jerseys than I do Dolphins jerseys. When it going back to the college football from a couple episodes ago, I have an Eric Reed jer- or Eric Reed. I have a uh, uh, Ed Reed jersey. I have a Ray Lewis jersey. I have a Ken Dorsey jersey. I had a Frank Gore jersey, but all the numbers kind of wore off because my washing machine sucks. I have a blank Hurricanes jersey. My wife has a Hurricanes jersey, which is just a double zero. Um, you know, like the ladies fandom. Uh, I have, dude, I have a Vinny Testaverde Hurricanes jersey. Like, awesome. I don't mess around when it comes to the Canes, bro. You know, my gamer tag is um, Rocky Top 52, and it's 52 because of Ray Lewis. But he went, he, he's, a, he's a hurricane. He's not a Rocky Top, bro. Annie, I understand that, but that, that's my favorite player in the NFL. Because the Ravens. Because the Ravens. Yep. yep, Ravens and then Kathleen High School as well. Yeah, because you totally and went to murders. Kathleen. Don't forget about the murders. Don't forget about the He didn't murder anybody. He just held the knife, bro. He held the knife. Oh, dude, my my mom will, like, always tease me. Like, when Ray Lewis and the Ravens were playing, she'd always like, oh, there goes that murderer. She's Because she was a stay-at-home mom. She's like, I watched that. Oh, no, I, I know I know your mom. He was guilty. I know your mom. I, I, yeah, you I used to tease mom. you about your mom. How's she doing anyway? She's, she's still holding up pretty well? How's she looking? She's really yeah. good. She's, she's, she's she keeping it high. aging like fine. She wine. keeping it high and tight? I know. I saw I saw her at uh, I saw your uh, niece's birthday. It was, it was good. Mm-hmm. Still a fine wine. Still getting picked on. About I it. agree. Yeah. No, you're never going to live it down. <laughs> so uh, going back to the draft, I think the NFC really had a good draft overall. Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, uh, Derek Brown, Isaiah Simmons. Um, the Bucks got really good with an offensive lineman uh, out of uh, Iowa, Tristan Wirfs. 
to protect the old man Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's a big old corn-fed hog, Molly. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, going – like, it's different. Like, me being, you know, born and raised in Florida, me and you, it's just crazy to think, like, those corn-fed boys like in, in big Iowa, game, offensive line is ridiculous. Wisconsin. Like, if you're going to draft linemen, mm-hmm. if you're not looking at big, giant, corn-fed dudes named, like, Jim Smith out of Iowa, and he's – Six foot four, 320 pounds, and that dude will protect that your quarterback just like he will protect his grandpappy's farm equipment. That's the guy that you want on your <laughs> offensive line, my friend. Oh, absolutely. And then feeding them the big cheese. Oh, and, I mean, I think if I'm, if, I'm a, if I'm drafting a player, I'm only getting the lineman out of um, – out of the Big Ten. Yeah, you gotta go big. You gotta go Midwest, dude. They have nothing going for them. They get to the bigs and they go, "Oh Lord, Mama, these things were great. I can't believe back when I was in the cornfields and I was in the wheat fields of Nebraska and Iowa and the in the and the cheese field. I know there's no cheese fields. I'm making fun of Wisconsin. The cheese fields of Wisconsin. Man, if only I would have had a quarterback to protect." This will be my civic duty for the next 10 years. That's the big, dumb, white motherfucker you want protecting your quarterback. <laughs> and speaking of Wisconsin, the most like fucked up draft pick for the NFC that they had uh, was Jordan Love. Um, what what, what you got against? I think that was the most. What you got against Jordan? I, you could have got Jordan Love in the second or third round. There were so many good players that they needed. From a receiver standpoint, they the last offensive player I believe they drafted in the first round was Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I don't yes. I don't have that stat up in front of me, but it kind of no, that is true. Yeah, but that that is the last right. offensive player they drafted in the first round. That's fucking scary, dude. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. So why don't you give him some weapons? There were so many good receivers that were left available. T. Higgins yeah. um, out of uh, Clemson. They could have gotten him. Um, there was another receiver. I want to say, yeah, Michael Pittman. Yeah. Who else? Uh, I want to say the – no, the um, the Colorado receiver already went, I think, before them. But even Cole Clement. I mean, I know you don't like Notre Dame, but I thought Cole Clement would have been perfect there. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, he's not – I don't think he's a first-rounder, but – Again, that's not the Notre Dame bias. It's just he's not like you. You you had the T Higgins. You you had those guys that were C D Lamb, C D Lamb, T Higgins. Those guys were like first tier guys. And to take a wide receiver in the first round, you got to be asking a lot from that wide receiver, dude. It's like it's like taking it's like taking a running back. Like running backs, it's not the position it was like. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, running backs used to go top five all the time. The last top five running back was Ezekiel Elliott, and he's good. There's nothing wrong with Zeke. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with him at all. He's a very good running back. But can you beat that? Yeah, I think the first running back that was taken the first round this year was uh, the guy from LS, or LSU to the Chiefs. At 32. He was the yeah. final pick taken in the first round, exactly. And what I was saying was, was Zeke was the first – or was the last 
top five running back taken because that kind of production. Look at Zeke. Dude, Zeke's great. I'm not shitting on Zeke. Mm-hmm. I'm not shitting on Cowboys. I'm not shitting on any of them. Zeke is a great running back. But you can find that kind of production in the late first, second, third round. That was my point. You yeah. don't have to take it. Alvin Kamara came in the third round. Look, exactly. You just said Alvin, Alvin Kamara. Kamara was exactly. third round. You don't have to go top five for a running back. And that's why I was going back with CeeDee Lamb and T. Higgins with wide receivers. You don't have to dig that deep for a wide receiver, dude. You can find wide receiver production in the late first, second, and third round. You can find a starting wide receiver in the first three rounds. You can find a starting running back in the middle first to three rounds. You don't have to waste a top five, top ten pick on these guys unless they're once in a generation. And there was no once in a generation skill position this year. Now, what about Frank Gore? Um, how long is – what season is this for him? Frank Gore is – Because I know he was a Miami boy. Frank Gore uh, came out uh, in the 2000 and I believe, three or 2004 draft, which makes him 117 years old. It's amazing what he's done in those years. This is his 57th oh, year in the NFL. Yeah, his 57th <laughs> year. Uh, no, I watched Frank Gore uh, – he was amazing at the U, and he is going into uh, statistically, I believe, his, I want to say, 17th or 18th season. He's third all-time rushing in yards. I believe he's fourth or fifth all-time in touchdowns. And I think this big fucking roly-poly is just going to keep hopping team from team until he can crack – like top one, top two, everything. Now that's not just the Miami. Where is he at now? But I know he's top three in rushing. He's knocking on the door, and I believe he's like within a thousand yards. Within what team is he on now? Right now, Frank Gore is on. He was in Buffalo, and I think did he go to San Diego? I believe no. he. Well, not San Diego, LA. I guess just say. Uh, yeah, no, dude. We've been. I've been saying that for two years. Uh, oh, J E T S Jets Jets. Yeah, he went to the Jets. He's he's bouncing around. He he was with the Dolphins. He went to the Bills. Now he's with the Jets. Next, year, he's staying in next that whole. Year, he's staying in Patriots. that whole fucking division. Next, he's going to go to the Patriots. Next year, he's going to the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. Oh now, man, that's hilarious. Obviously, his best years were with were with the uh, Niners. He spent like almost a decade with the Niners. It's crazy to think that Frank Gore spent like ten years with one team. And then, like, spent one year with 10 teams. But that's, you know, that's who Frank Gore is. Now, um, going back to uh, the NFC, um, one thing that I think a lot of people are going to be shocked by is the teams that I selected uh, to be the number one and number two team. Uh, One's not going to be a surprise because they were there last year. Um, But I'm going to kick it off and, and say the, the team that is going to – we'll start with the NFC North. Uh, the team that I have winning the NFC North um, is the Bears at 14-2. and two. Oh, God. I cannot see that happening. Uh, I'm going through my predictions right now because my laptop's a dinosaur. I am in week 15, so if all my listeners can bear with me. But I can tell you right now, right now, uh, in week 15, I have the Bears at 4-9. and nine. So, Nick, please explain yourself. 
Absolutely. So they're actually going, uh, I think where they're going is a heavy run. Um, they're not going to rely on the pass. They're going to rely on the run. I think that's why they got Nick Foles uh, yeah. from the Jacksonville Jaguars to be able to be consistent with those West Coast dipped little passes. Uh, and they're going to continue to run the ball. Like you said in the last podcast, too, uh, Cordero Patterson from the University of Tennessee was starting to get reps at running back. Yeah. Um, and they have really good running back with David Montgomery and, and Tariq Cohen. But to, so it's very just, interesting. Just to travel back, just so I can shit on you a little bit, Cordell Patterson is transitioning to a running back. Was Cordell – why is he transitioning? No, he'll why, take why – he's he, been taking – Why is he transitioning and taking snaps at running back? Is it because he's not a very good receiver? No, it's because the man is damn fast. If you see his highlight tapes just in the NFL, I mean, his first kick return in the NFL with the Minnesota Vikings was a return for a touchdown. He is has ungodly speed. Ridiculous. We ran a lot of speaking uh, of screens with him. At Bears the players. Speaking of really, really quick Bears players from the U, Devin Hester. Man, Devin, Devin Hester. Jinx. Man, Devin Hester was good. Was he not? Devin Hester's mm-hmm. arguably mm-hmm. return man of all time. But holy oh, shit. Oh, Absolutely. Could Devin Hester not catch a goddamn football? Holy shit, could Devin Hester not run a goddamn football? Like, if you're trying to turn Cordell Patterson into Devin Hester, go for it. But if you're trying to turn Devin – you're trying to turn Cordell Patterson into a running back, you're out of your mind, dude. You're absolutely out of your mind. So, if you you haven't – seeing the Bears depth chart, the amount of tight ends on this depth chart is ridiculous. There is yeah. one, two, three, four that were starter all starters in the NFL. It's crazy because they just it's crazy traded one too. Once they got once they got Nick Foles, they actually made Mitchell Trubisky a tight end. No? <laughs> Did I get that wrong? Oh, I'm looking at the wrong paper. My bad, dude. I thought Mitchell Trubisky was a tight end. My bad. No, but I think they're going to go more to a run-heavy offense. Um, that's why they're bulking that tight end line. Um, but they also, you know, with Jimmy Graham, Cole Commit being there, I think that's going to be um, a really good job for them. They have Ted Ginn Jr., Allen Robinson, Cordero Patterson um, as the main three wide receivers. Um, their defense, obviously, is always going to be good. However, I think they lost a big-time defenseman. Uh, on the defensive line side that did uh, opt out. I'll check on that here in a moment. Uh, but Raekwon Smith, who they got from the University of Georgia, really good linebacker. I think this is year two or year three from him. Uh, we obviously Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. I don't, there's no one thing I need to say about Khalil Mack, just being how he is. Uh, their corners and safeties are tons uh, tons better with Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson, Tashawn Gibson, um, Buster Scrine. Um, those guys Ryan? are going to be very good. Yeah, Buster's Buster Rhymes, but it's Buster Scrimes instead. Um, but I think just that defense alone is going to keep them to where they're going to get all those wins. And actually, when I was going through their schedule, it was a pretty weak schedule. I mean, if you think the uh, the Packers had a lot of like wide receivers hopped out of the league um, for this year. The Vikings, I just don't see the Vikings doing well. They have Dalvin Cook issues with contracts. Um, Kirk Cousins is shit. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense has gotten old. Some people have already left. And then the Lions, Matt Stafford is the glass bottle. Um, and they just lost the top corner in the NFL to the Eagles. 
um, as a, in a trade or free agency. I can't remember what they ended up doing. Um, so it's going to, it's going to take a while for the rebuild of, um, of the Lions. So that's why I think I have them going six and zero in their conference. So that's a bulk of their wins right there. You have the Lions um, going six and zero. I'm looking at my stats right now. No, not six and zero. No, no, no. The Bears going six and zero in their in their in their division. I have the Bears going five and eleven overall. I'm done with my picks. And by the way, you're going to give me shit for my picks because I just saw them and I was like, "Holy shit, Jordan, have you been drinking?" And I was like, "Fuck yes, I have been drinking." So yes, some of my picks are a little crazy. <laughs> Um, especially in the that's NFC, okay. uh, but no, and, that, and that's crazy too. Because now I have the Bears at five and eleven. Um, n- Honestly, I'm pissed off. I'm looking at my stats right now. I'm pissed off that I have the Bears coming third in the NFC North. The Lions should be really? third. Uh, I sh- I feel shitty that the Bears aren't last because the Bears should be last. The Lions, Listen, I, they I, didn't. They didn't go undefeated. It's okay. They didn't take a record from you. Hmm. It's all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. They, the eighty-five Bears. They, you know, hey, they had, had to lose once, okay. right? They had to lose once. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, for the Packers, what do you have for the Packers? I have the Packers uh, winning the division at a twelve and four record. Oh wow. So for the Packers, I actually have them listed uh, at five and eleven. Uh, they lost wow. uh, a lot of people. Veterans, bro. Receiving wise, um, they're very. They didn't. They didn't. They did nothing to improve hey, on the Nick. offensive side. Hey of the Nick, ball. you want to talk about the Packers receiving core? Just take your phone and throw it as hard as you can on the ground. That's what the Packers did for their receiving core. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Put your phone as hard as you can. Just just go wake your kid up. Just go in, shake her out of her crib. Just throw your phone at your kid, yell at her, and say, "You didn't dis- You disappointed dad." And then listen to her scream. <laughs> That's what the Packers did with their offense. But I have them going twelve and four because of Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And no, Jones, dude, Aaron Jones is a good back. He's a good back. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And they had, like we talked about, A.J. Dillon, um, you know, uh, coming from Boston College. He's going to be a good secondary for them. Um, But their defense, um, nothing crazy sticks out to me on their defensive side. Um, They struggled. Uh, San Francisco lit them up. Now, granted, San Francisco made for the Super Bowl, um, and they had a really good offense. Um, But still, they got destroyed, and I don't think – uh, their defense can protect the lead, nor do I think that they could. See, um, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have to score like 30 points a game to even win. Well, if you're going to score 30 points a game, you're just going to win most games. That's the way it works. That's how like scoring offense works. I, I believe, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head for last year, but the number one scoring offense two years ago was the Chiefs, and they scored like 33 points a game. So, yeah, if Rodgers has to score 30 points a game, can he? Yes. Does he have to every time? No. Will they lose some? Of course. They didn't get worse on defense. They got worse at receiver. They did. Um, but you sent me a link, and I put my picks in, and I was drunk, and I have the Packers going 12-4. and four. I stand by it. All right. Uh, so the Vikings um... – I have them going six and ten. 
You just really fucking hate the NFC North, don't you? I guess so. I have the Vikings, according to this link that you sent me, where I was half filling it out while I was talking to you for the first 20 minutes of the show. Um, I have the Vikings going 11-5, and and my brand new – for the people that are listening to our NFL podcast, I would assume that they understand the NFL has adopted new playoff rules, and there will now be a seventh uh, seed in the playoffs. Um, You will now have only one bi-week team, not two. Uh, so there will be a seventh team, and I have the Vikings going 11-5, and five, and they are my seventh and final NFC playoff team. So the defense for the Vikings, they're getting they lost. Uh, older. They lost, yeah, and they lost some. Um, so that's my only thing um, with their defense. I don't think their offense is as effective. Um, they got Justin Jefferson from the draft in the first round that- wide receiver from LSU, and I think he'll be a really good fit. Um, and then, you know, with Adam Beeline, of course, Kyle Rudolph at Well, they end. lost They lost to Fod Diggs of the Bills. Uh, mm-hmm. But Thielide at Jefferson, who is a good wide receiver, but you got to have the $84 billion man checked out Cousins. There's a few things after from Kirk line. Cousins. There's a few things you get from Kirk Cousins. Uh, one of them is now tell me this. One of them is is no turnovers. He's not going to turn over. He's not going to throw the ball over. He's also not going to throw the ball more than 15 yards on the field. So no interceptions, no balls more than 15 yards on the field. He is check down cousins. 11 and five. Baby. So just to kind of just perspective for you, right? So you got them going 11 and five. Just just for curiosity, right? So the first two receivers are Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And now I'm going to read you numbers receiver three and four, and I want you to be able to tell me what colleges they went to or even if you ever heard of them. Uh, Their third receiver is Bissy Johnson. Oh, I know that guy. He went to Norfolk State. Nope. Uh, Tejan Sharp. That dude went to Montreal Community High School. Just saying. These players – you, after the first two receivers, that's they it. Have, like, they have no. Burn. They have no depth. So, but uh, that's why I have but them their receiving core is better than Green Bay's. Oh, absolutely. If Green Bay had Adam Thielen and Jefferson, you would also have them going twelve and four. Mm-hmm. So with the Lions. Um, you know, they're going through their offense, I think, is really, really good on paper. It's just their defense. They just have no names. Uh, I think this is Patricia's last year as a Detroit Lion. Um, he, he has, unfortunately, just hasn't been able to turn it around. Um, so, but I still have them going 6-10. and 10. I still think he gets fired. I have them going 4-12 and 12 with him getting fired. I'm still mad that my drunk picks didn't have the Bears coming in last because – in my sober heart, the Bears come in last, but my drunken picks, the Lions are in last at 4-12. and 12. So, yeah, no, I, I don't really have a whole lot to add because I have them going 4-12. What do you have against the Bears? Honest, I just – I don't have anything against the Bears. I just think, like, with a sober mind, with a sober mind, which I don't currently have, 
the Bears would come in last place in this division and the Lions would come in third. But with the picks from the website that you gave me where they update every weekly matchup that I choose, I, I guess had them going uh, 4-12. and 12. Uh, And we'll get to my drunken picks later because I have some wacky fucking picks here in the NFC. And wait till we get to the <laughs> NFC West because I don't even know how I fucking came to that. But we'll get there. And I can't wait to fucking disagree with myself. So, moving on. <laughs> so, uh, I think the strongest division uh, in the NFC for next year is going to be the NFC South. Agreed. Um, Agreed. We can finally agree on something. I don't have to tell you you're a fucking idiot. Agreed. <laughs> it feels so it good. It feels no? so good. So, uh, the NFC North, you know, big changes there. Uh, we have the Bucks having Gronkowski and Tom Brady. For once in my life, I can have a semi, uh, a semi root uh, of, of courage to say that Tom Brady is going to be fun to watch, and not to say that I hate Tom Brady. Oh, uh, I can say that. Get to watch him every Sunday. I can say that. I, I, um, I have a Dolphins tattoo. Oh. I can say fuck Tom Brady. I can say <laughs> Rob. I can say fuck Gronkowski. I get to say this for as long as I live. It doesn't matter if they play for the Bucks. It doesn't matter if they play for the Chiefs. It doesn't matter if they play for the University of Tennessee. They go back and take a ballroom dancing class and get a fifth-year eligibility, and they play college football at 45. Don't care. Fuck them. No. Now, uh, you said what, what class again? Ballroom dancing. That was Matt Leinart at USC. Yeah. yeah. Now, would you rather do ballroom dancing or underwater basket weaving? Underwater basket weaving, dude. I have a diver's license. Just making sure. Do you really? Yeah, I have a diver's license, and they uh, also they also offer that at the University of Miami. I know you're trying to like throw shade here, but you're like trying to throw shade. It's like, bro, I already know they offer underwater basket weaving. It's an elective. No, I didn't know. I was just kidding. No, it's a joke because that's a legitimate elective at the University of Miami. Awesome. You you hop off the boat on Key Biscayne and you learn how to weave palm fronds. It's a real thing. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) But they're such pretty baskets. So pretty. So (laughs) the Saints, um, I have them winning the division, but tied with the Bucks. Um, But the Saints win with the division wins of five and one. I have the Saints going 12 and four. Oh, man. I'm looking at my division right now. And I have the Saints also tying the Bucks. But losing the division with a tiebreaker, with the same record with, as the Bucks, the Buccaneers winning the division at 11 and 5. Same, same, same record as the Saints. Saints go 3 and 3 in the division, Bucks go 4 and 2 in the division. They get the tiebreaker. Both teams are 11 and 5. Bucks are my three seed, Saints are my six seed, wild card at 11 and 5. So um, it's funny, you know, we're going back and forth between college and NFL. Um, I forgot the Saints. I'm looking at the depth chart. They have LeJordan Humphrey. Uh, I just love that name. Lil Jordan. Lil Jordan. Is that how you pronounce it? I'm Lil Jordan? Jordan. I don't know. <laughs> That's my um, But again, Alvin Kamara obviously is just insane. Um it's interesting that they have Jameis Winston. I'm curious if they're ever going to use him um, or they'll keep him if Drew Brees retires this year. Um, and then, you know, having Emmanuel Sanders in the league, 
I think it's going to be good for him uh, to be on that team. Who do you think um, their defense is? Who do you think gets more huh? snaps? I don't mean to interrupt you with your analytics, but analytics are going to bore people to sleep. Who do you think gets more snaps for the Saints next year? Uh, behind center, behind center, Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill? Who gets more snaps? It depends on it. If Breeze is healthy, no injuries, Taysom Hill. If Breeze is hurt, you're going to go with Jameis Winston. Yep. All right. Because he's a more traditional quarterback. Mm-hmm. I get that. No, that's fair. So and if I, you have, it, so I, it, that's that's what that offense is built. Yeah. On. So if you have a healthy Breeze, you think Taysom Hill gets more snaps than Winston? Yeah. I like that. I agree with that. I can't shit on your assessment. I would like to yell at you, but I can't mm. continue. The one thing that was really bad that the Saints struggled with is their offensive line. Um, they got Cesar Ruiz in the draft this mm-hmm. year from the University of Michigan, um, and I think uh, it's going to be a big, a big pickup for them to have a strong offensive line, help their run game out, um, and that's why I'm going to go ahead and say the Saints win their division, going 12 and four, uh, and then the Bucks also going 12 and four. I think we've kind of already settled on why they're going 12 and four. Do you have anything to add on that? Uh, what do you have? I'm just curious about your seating because I'm assuming you're looking at the same playoff predictor yeah. app that you had. What is your seeding for the Bucks with them winning? Fifth seed. What's that? A fifth, fifth? seed. Okay. So I have the Bucks winning the division 11 and 5 with a three seed. I have the Saints tying their record 11 and 5 but losing the division record and they are my six seeds. I was just curious where you were at. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so pretty- so I got them at twelve and four, four and two in the division. Okay. Um, we obviously know Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, yeah. him being with Bruce Arians. I think it's just gonna. I think it's gonna be basically the Cardinals two point when you had yeah. um, Fitzgerald and Kurt, Kurt Warner. I think that's what. Don't get me started on the Cardinals, dude. I'm drunk and I picked some crazy shit, and the Cardinals are in my future. Just hear me out. Moving on. <laughs> So the Falcons, uh, the choking Falcons, mm-hmm. uh, I got them at 10 and 6, and their division, they're uh, 3 and 3. I have. And getting that 7 seed, by the way. I have the ATL. So you have them as the 7 seed. Okay. Right. I have the Falcons with a winning record at 9 and 7, but they do not get my 7 seed. Uh, I told you before, the Vikings of the North have my seventh seed. The Vikings missed the playoffs with a winning record. Uh, I do have the uh, Falcons going nine and seven, but uh, no, they finished third in the uh, NFC South. And the only thing for me, why I have the Falcons going um, 10 and six is because of Todd Gurley. I think him being there, being from Georgia, playing in, at the University you think he's of Georgia, now playing in Atlanta. I think I think he's going to be on a tear to get a better contract. It's his last yeah, year. it is. Um, I think he's going to try to get that money. Um, Do you think he can bounce and back? And I'm going to be honest, I've always slept on Todd. Todd Gurley hasn't oh. been Todd Gurley in two years, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it may just be need, uh, it may need to be a, a change of scenery. Because even if you look now, it would take away Todd Gurley from the um, when he was with the Rams. They didn't really have a run game there, anyways. It was all on him. Uh, Jared Goff threw the ball. That was their yeah, offense. The run Todd game was Gurley was a hell of a pass catcher. Todd Gurley was a hell of a mm-hmm. pass catcher. That dude mm-hmm. 
could run a slant route out of the backfield like a like a halfback wind. He'd go around, he would check down, and then he would sprint, and then you have Todd Gurley matched up with, uh, what, linebacker? Of mm-hmm. course you're going to throw to Todd Gurley. He's lined up with a linebacker. So he caught yeah. a lot of good balls out of the backfield, and I, I want Todd Gurley to succeed. I just don't know if he will. He hasn't shown me anything in the last two years, and I want him to succeed. Dude, Todd Gurley was a beast. I want Todd Gurley to be a beast again. He was so much fun to watch. Absolutely. And I think uh, he'll be fun to watch in Atlanta. So, and then yeah. going in Panthers. the worst. Panthers, we uh, both have them yep. coming in fourth. What yeah. is your fourth place record? Two and 14. Yeah, that's probably more accurate than mine. Again, I kind of did this while we were one uh, already on the podcast uh, when we started. Two, I've been drinking since like noon. Uh, I agree that the Panthers will come in last and not compete, but some for some reason the buttons I clicked had them going five and eleven. Um, but <laughs> I honestly uh, would argue against my five and eleven. I think that they're closer to year two and fourteen. I don't know how I got to five and eleven, Nick. Uh, I just clicked some buttons, but uh, five and eleven. I think my five and eleven is their like best case scenario. I think year two and 14 is more normal case scenario. And imagine them going two and 14, maybe one and 15 and getting the hometown kid, Trevor Lawrence. They get the kid out out of Carolina, you know, the Carolina Panthers get the kid from Clemson, South Carolina. Like that would be huge for that franchise. Now I'm literally arguing against my five and 11 record. Because I clicked a bunch of them, but <laughs> I'm honestly championing your two and fourteen because I think that's more accurate. But we both have that. Yeah, because after Christian, after Christian McCaffrey, there's really it's nothing. And dude, help uh, knock knock knock. Greg this gone. is this is my warning right here, right now. This is knock knock knock. I know he just signed a new deal. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, not this season, but this upcoming off season. The 2021 offseason, I'm talking February, March, April, Christian McCaffrey's on the trading block. Hear me out, dude. McCaffrey's on the trading no, block. I, I, he's going to be up there just like Le'Veon Bell was. Now, Le'Veon Bell held out for an entire year, and it did him a disservice, and now he's playing for the fucking Jets. And it didn't work out for Bell. But a year, not even a year from now, nine months from now, McCaffrey will be on the trading block. The Panthers will dish him for, what, one, maybe two first-round picks? Mm-hmm. Hey, for the right price, I'm sure. That That's it, dude. And my- I wasn't a big believer in Christian McCaffrey when he no, came out. No, But watching him, he's changed well, my he's mind. He's undersized. No, what you, I'm talking about when he came out. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about now. Right now, McCaffrey yeah. is arguably the best back in the NFL for a bottom-feeder team. And what do bottom-feeder teams – with all-star talent do. They dish them. For sell, 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 sell. Sell, sell, You get players or picks for them. So, no, dude, when McCaffrey came out, I was like, this fucking dude ain't going to do shit. Uh, but this dude has speed. He doesn't have size. But that dude, McCaffrey, is a baller. And everybody in the league knows it. And that's why the Panthers. Does he remind you like a Brian Hartline? 
Is Julian he a Edelman, Brian Hartline? Are you kidding? Are you trying to compare McCaffrey to Brian Hartline? I'm just trying to. I'm just trying. Don't to try and your, stroke uh, me. Don't bit. try and stroke me off. Get out of here. <laughs> no, Mike. So moving on to the uh, NFC East, well, one of the laughing stocks of the NFL because you talk about either they always you talk either they parody, always bro. suck. What do you What do you mean? I'm talking about like the NFC East. I'm not saying that this is what I have. But you could have every single team go 8-8 eight and eight and nobody make the playoffs. I know that's not possible, but I feel like every team could go 8-8 eight and eight and just nobody makes the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Could this... No, it's funny because NFC always like struggles within each other, uh, but they don't, uh, they, they don't produce outside of each other. No, they beat the fuck out of each other. They beat the fuck out of each other. All right, what you got? Um... So I got the Cowboys going eleven and five. Uh, Dak Prescott wants to be paid. They got C.D. Lamb. They got um, the uh, guy from Colorado, Michael Gallup. Um, I think their offense is really good with Zeke. Offensive line stout. Defense, you know, they have some things to work on, but there's young players that are gotten got. Excuse me, gotten better. Uh, they lost Gerald McCoy. Uh, Tory for the season. Quad for the season. For the season, and they cut him. Yep. They cut him instantly too. Um, Dick so, move. It's one of those things. I mean, hey, you gotta. It's part of the job, but he had an injury clause as well. So, shame on him for signing a deal with injury clause. Um, but I think uh, eleven and five is what the Cowboys are going to do: make the playoffs and uh, be eleven and five. My division winner for the NFC East at ten and six. Your division winner at ten and six are the Philadelphia Eagles. Wentz is going to have a healthy year. I'm saying Wentz is going to play all 16 games for the first time in his career. And Wentz will lead his team to a 10-6 and record, and it will be good enough to win the NFC East. It would be nice to see. It would be nice to see, for sure, to have them bounce back. Uh, They got better on defense. Mm -hmm. Uh, They got uh, the guy from uh, Darius Slay, uh, one of the top corners in the NFL. They got him. Wentz, if he's healthy, they got the receiver, uh, Aguilar, I think is not Aguilar. Um, no, Nelson Raylor. Aguilar is gone. No, not him. It's funny that, you, that I say that because uh, he's got almost like the same name, essentially, mm-hmm. or it sounds the same. Uh, Jalen Ragor, they drafted him from TCU. It was their first round pick. Um, so it's just funny. Jalen Rager um, from... Uh, TCU. They got him, Deshaun Jackson. Their offense, to me, though, uh, outside of Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, and the new rookie, that's pretty much their offense with Zach Ertz and Dallas. Uh, I'm not even pronounce it. I'm just going to look like an idiot. Um, but I think their offense will be really, really good. Um, running back, depending on how this Miles Sanders guy from Penn State does, I know he's mm-hmm. questionable. He got hurt. Uh, in training, so it'll be interesting to see how their offense works. Uh, but the yes, defense definitely got what, stronger. That, um, that's why the I have corners, the Eagles winning is because their defense and the upside of Miles mm-hmm. Sanders. I'm hoping Miles Sanders can come through for them. Um, my second, my second, and they have my boy Derek Barnett. I want to interject really quick. Derek Barnett is the all-time sack leader 
in Tennessee history, University of Tennessee history, beating the great oh boy. Reggie White. Oh, boy. Oh the Reverend. The Reverend. Uh, I do mm-hmm. have the Cowboys coming mm-hmm. in second, uh, not with a playoff spot. Uh, I have them going 8-8. Eight eight. I think Dak does what Dak does, and he is mediocre. I think Zeke probably gets hurt because that's what he does. They lost what? The Cowboys lost one or two offensive linemen because of the pandemic. Zach, uh, Zach Smith. Mm-hmm. I think went out with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Zach, uh, Zach, no, Zach went out with the pandemic. So they lost a couple offensive linemen, I believe, because of the pandemic. And that's going to hurt them. And that's going to hurt Zeke. And that's going to hurt Dak in the contract year. They still have Amari Cooper. So is Dak, Dak still has somebody to throw to. But I just, I mean, I'm not trying to be that guy, but like, I don't believe in the Cowboys. I think they're, I think the Cowboys are very mediocre. And I think the Cowboys are going to go eight and eight. Now, but remember, we don't have a Jerry Jones Cowboys. It's not Jerry Jones. We don't have a Jason Garrett. Uh, I Cowboys. understand we have a Mike that. McCarthy, I understand uh, that. And one of Dallas my Cowboys. best friends is a Packers fan. And I watched him with Mike McCarthy for the last 10 years. And they were very – he couldn't get the best. At, dude, you have Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And you win one Super Bowl? Nah, he ain't going to do shit with Dak. He ain't going to do shit with Dak. <laughs> you get one Super Bowl in 2010, huh. 10 years ago. So I have... The Packers won the Super Bowl 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they mm-hmm. actually had really good receivers, you know. They had uh, – they had uh, yeah, Gigi Nelson, yeah. Uh, and, uh, Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson, Nelson, Greg Jennings. They had uh, the team on yep. the back, Greg Jennings. <laughs> Donald had, fucking. You know, it's crazy to me that they, <laughs> they don't realize number eighty. Oh, Kansas. Oh, yeah. Hands like glue. So uh, I had the Eagles five and eleven, Cowboys uh, eleven and five. Uh, mm-hmm. That Washington football team, I have them. I have in my them. third place East team, the Giants, at three and thirteen, because uh, fandom listeners of Project Boredom with Nick and Jordan, you'll know. A couple episodes ago, I told you that Daniel Jones is a garbage fucking quarterback. So I stand by the Giants going three and eleven <laughs> to follow that up with the Washington football team. Going one in fifteen. Their coach just got diagnosed with cancer. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins is awful. Alex yeah. Smith is an damn near an amputee. No, there's nothing going right for Washington. You have Dwayne Haskins, who I do not believe in. Alex Smith, who hasn't taken a snap in two years. They are not gonna be good. Yes. The Giants, I have at three and thirteen, just because they have to play the Washington football team twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, isn't it crazy that Alex Smith's leg basically did what Joe Theismann and Theismann, did, ne- um, Theismann, Theismann and never came Washington. back. And as of as of this podcast, yeah. neither has Alex Smith. They're in training camp, so let it be. Let, let it be known that Alex Smith has not taken a meaningful snap yet. So. A little sidebar real quick is um, 
Chiefs, they announced that no fans can wear Indian headgear or um, they're looking at getting rid of the tomahawk. Uh, I'm perfectly fine with that. I have no issues with that whatsoever at all. You will not find an argument for me. You shouldn't marginalize a people. You should not have caricatures or any of that as a mascot. You shouldn't have any of that as you have a wolf mascot. The Chiefs have the little wolf mascot. Leave it at that. You have the Chiefs. The Chiefs are fine. You don't have to change the name. That's it's empowering. It's it it talks about, you know, the pride and a leader of the Native American people. You don't have to change the name Chiefs. You do have to change the name of the former Washington football team. That is bad. That is not good. And so if the, chief, if the Chiefs want to get rid of headdresses and face paint and tomahawk chops, I'm totally fine with that. And this coming from a guy, I know this is not a baseball podcast as of, as of yet. I am a huge fan of the Atlanta Braves. And there's no reason to change the name Braves because the Braves, it's, that's not a racial slur. That's not indicative of anything against the Native American culture. That was a high-ranking honor for the Native American people. But... I totally understand if the Braves want to get away from the tomahawk job. I'm okay with the Braves getting rid of it. I'm okay with the Chiefs getting rid of it. That's totally fine for me. I'm totally okay with all of that. So, uh, in closing, the Giants have got the 3-13 and 13 there. Um, and we'll move to the final NFC division. Uh, the this, NFC is um, this is where I get a little This is where I get a little crazy, losers. bro. I'm not going to lie. I'm not gonna lie. I, so, my drug picks kind of got a little kooky. I I feel it's a little crazy too. I feel like it's a little crazy for me too on this division. Uh, I have the Super Bowl losers, the 49ers, at 13 and three. They beefed up their defensive line. Uh, they got um, they drafted the defensive lineman from Auburn. No, that went to Carolina. One second. So I'm looking at my shit right now, and I'm looking at the West, and I'm going to argue against my picks because, hear me out, first of all, everybody in the West has a winning record, according to me, with my drunk picks. Uh, Coming in last place for Drunkle Jordan, I have this, and I don't believe this, just hear me out, I'm going to tell you my, what happened, and I want to tell you my real picks. Coming in last place, I have the Seahawks at 9-7. and seven. Coming in third place, wow. I have the Niners at 10-6. and six. I don't know how we got here, but in second place, I have the Rams at 11-5. And, and in first place, I have the Cardinals at 12-4. and four. I don't believe anything that I clicked. I don't even know how I got here. I should not be allowed to operate a computer. I, okay, so I have the Cardinals at 12-4. and four. <laughs> Rams at 11 and 5, Niners at 10 and 6, Seahawks coming in last place at 9 and 7. Uh, what I really think will happen is Seahawks in first place, Niners in second place, Cardinals in third, Rams in fourth. I don't know what order it's going to be in. They could all have winning records. I picked the West to ha- all have winning records, but I'm going to go Seahawks, Niners, Cardinals, Rams. 
which is not what I'm looking at right now with my picks. So going back from my thought, it was uh, J- uh, Javon Kinlaw from the University of South Carolina, um, monster defensive tackle, um, helps with Joey Bosa. Uh, that defensive line just gets really, really, really strong. Um, I'm glad to see that you have such hype on the Cardinals. Um, I, to me, it, I, I struggle with it. Um, who was the receiver? DeAndre Hopkins. They, they got, DeAndre, uh, Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, right? So it's going to be interesting to see what Kyle Murray does. Um, I actually had the Cardinals going seven and nine, followed by the Rams going eight and eight, and then the Seahawks going twelve. Where do you have the Niners? Uh, okay, so you go 13, Niners, three Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I definitely think the Cardinals' record would be better. Uh, right now, I have them zero and six in their division, which I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but so their record definitely could improve. Um, but right now, one of the reasons I have the Cardinals so high and by high, I don't mean 12 and four, because that would mean that I'm high and I'm not high. I'm just drunk. I, I know that I picked the Cardinals to go 12 and four and that ain't, that ain't going to happen. I do believe in Kyler Murray. I definitely believe in, uh, Deandre Hopkins. That dude is a fucking stud and they stole him from the Texans. Um, the Cardinals will be good. The Cardinals will not go 12-4, and four, according to Drunkle Jordan. Um, but I could see the Cardinals maybe go in 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, it's hard for me to pick a losing team in the mm-hmm. West. Um, I know every team in my Western bracket right now, NFC West, has a winning record. And I will stand by that. I do stand by every team in the West having a winning record. Um, it won't be in the order that I put them in. I think the Seahawks will win at 12 and four. The Niners will also go 12 and four. Seahawks will win the uh, tiebreaker. Cardinals will go nine and seven. Rams will go nine and seven. Rams will go eight and eight. Fuck it. You can't all have winning records. Let's have a 500 record. Rams will go eight and eight. Cardinals go nine and seven. Uh, Niners and Seahawks go both 12 and four with the Seahawks getting the tiebreaker Rams or the uh, Niners are in the wild card. So it's going to be definitely interesting. I'm excited to see. uh, Hopefully we'll have a season. Um, University of Tennessee announced that they're going to have 25% capacity of fans. Baltimore is doing 25%, I believe. Um, so it's it's going to be curious if we're going to have fans, um, or even if we're going to have a well, season at all. As of so as we are, um, as again, of this podcast, it is August twenty first. We kick off football in three and a half weeks. September. No, there's no preseason, preseason, bro. Right? You jump right in. I believe Thursday night. I want to say September seventh. We're like three weeks away from football. So as of this podcast, those are our NFC predictions. We will get back to you with our AFC predictions on the next show. Nick, do you have anything to add, my friend? Uh, no. Um, only thing I want to say that I'm disappointed is right now I still have my plane ticket to fly to Knoxville on September the 26th. 
Um, but as we know, the SEC changed the schedule to an all-SEC schedule, and they released the schedule two days ago. Uh, it is now an away game at South Carolina. So depending on if I can get tickets to go to a game, um, that might change, but I might be going to Knoxville and not going to see hey, football Hey, you know what? Maybe so, you get, I heard Dollywood's open. Bit, but... Go to Pigeon Forge. Go see Dollywood. It'll be great. <laughs> hey. I have. I've never been Ironically, to this isn't so trying to be a sidebar. I've been to Dollywood. It's okay. Uh, I think it's because it wasn't as good because we grew up with, you know, Disney and Universal in our backyard. But Dollywood for mm-hmm. Tennessee, that's a big deal, bro. That's a big deal. No, it is. So I'll leave you with this story uh, for Tennessee, and then uh, we'll end it here. Um, So there is one burger place in Knoxville that I have to go to every time that I go because it is the best burger you will ever have in your whole entire life. It is called Stock and Barrel. It is a burger whiskey bar. Um, Best burgers you'll ever have in your life. and I told one of my coworkers who was flying into Knoxville, and I said, you have to go to Stock and Barrel, um, and you'll understand why I did what I did. Um, and I'll tell you the story here. So um, we went to Tennessee, Georgia, uh, Tennessee, Georgia game. We lose. We've been in the sun. You know, once you got all that suntan, you know, you really just don't want to eat anything, really. So uh, I had a couple bites of my burger, and I was going to – I had a box for it. I was going to take it back to the rest of the hotel room um, with any, you know – big town and a state, you know, you have an issue with homeless people. Uh, Knoxville, you know, has a, has a big issue with that. So um, as we're walking back to the car, a homeless guy stops me and he says, Hey man, uh, can I have your food? I haven't eaten anything all day. And my wife was behind me uh, talking with uh, the other wife of the person that we were with, uh, Shelly. And so we were uh, ahead, me and Scott, we were ahead talking and, and my wife comes up to me and says, well, what did he say to you? And I said, he asked for my burger. And she said, well, why didn't you give it to him? I said, I drove all this damn way for this burger. That's what I'm going to get. So people think I'm a horrible person because I wouldn't give Nick. this burger to a homeless man. But if it was any other food, I would have given it to him. And no, and without a doubt, dude, the girl that went to Knoxville that I work with and went and ate there, she said, and I quote, I now see why you did not give. I guess I'm gonna to have to go person. because I th- also think you're a terrible person. I would have given that homeless person my burger. I, I guess I have to eat it now. That being okay, said, right. going out to Stock and Barrel, <laughs> uh, whiskey and burger place. Uh, this is your chance, Stock and Barrel, to be our very first sponsor of the Nick and Jordan Project Warden Podcast. If uh, Stock and Barrel, I'm gonna say that again, Stock and Barrel want to get on it and sponsor this we're totally okay with that and we will eat your burgers and if we don't i not nick jordan of nick and jordan's project boredom will give half of my burger to a homeless person going out to you stock and barrel it's up to you to feed the homeless love you buddy (laughs) hey listen it's been a pleasure speaking with you jordan i hope everyone listening has enjoyed it again feedback you can leave uh you can leave the feedback on the app you can leave it on facebook instagram wherever we tag this you know we love to hear feedback from you guys see what content you want to hear um as jordan mentioned earlier we will be moving into different sports uh we don't know when that would be exactly but we're definitely going to transition to be an all sports podcast for sure uh so definitely be on the lookout for that and uh again i I hope everybody enjoyed uh Uh, the only thing i can say is uh stock and barrel uh 
whiskey and burger. Uh, send us some food, and I will eat half of it and give it to a homeless person. Love you, buddy. All right. Love you, too.